Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And today, Lindsay, we have another listener request from one of our Patreons. So she, of course, went to the top of the request list. This is from Megan, our patron and friend. It's a really interesting recommendation. This place looks amazing. It is a little on the high end of things. But to give you an idea, this actually won a Guinness Book of World Records for being the most photographed hotel in the world. Oh my gosh, really? I mean, I know she sent a recommendation, but I did not look into it. I knew you would. But uh, no, that's cool. Maybe this is a place we can go with her. I mean, this place is really neat. And it's also an international episode. We are going to Canada with this one. This is your haunted holiday at the Fairmont Le Chateau Frontenac in Quebec City, Canada. All right, Lindsay. So like a lot of places that we cover, the actual history here starts before the hotel was built. The hotel itself is very old and extremely beautiful, which is, of course, why it's photographed all the time. Like, this is a really fancy place, but there is a lot of history that happened before on the actual land that this was built on and no it's not necessarily a native american burial ground i know that's where your head was going with this <laughs> but it's actually the where the home of a really famous quebec canadian was that he died in oh wow interesting i mean we do bring this up a lot where we think you know if a lot of tragedy didn't happen in a particular building or location we always think well what happened there before and it sounds like they have real historical records around what did happen so i'm interested yeah so this guy who was the governor general of new france in the 1600s his name was louis de bod de frontenac so i mean the the name of the hotel is fairmont le chateau frontenac so it's named after him to some degree but he was a pretty prestigious person he this was his stomping grounds this is where his house was originally and it's actually kind of an interesting story so he died in 1698 so a long time ago way before the hotel was built but when he died he had specific written instructions that his heart his actual like physical heart should be put in a decorative box and shipped to his fiance who was living in Europe. Ew, why? I don't know, Lindsay. Like, and, what would be the purpose here? I mean, maybe there's some religious reason or something? I mean, I think it was because it was the love of his life, his soulmate, and he wanted her to have his physical heart. She must have had a similar reaction to you because she never even opened the box and actually sent it back. Like, they say because she was like grieving, distraught that he had died, but like maybe her reaction was yours. Ew, why is this heart in a box coming <laughs> my way? <laughs> don't send me a heart in a box. I mean, now I wouldn't expect her to open the box. That's for sure. It's kind of like, you know, this is a organ. This is dead body tissue, right? Don't open it. Maybe just leave it there symbolically 
maybe bury it somewhere. I don't know. Like, it's interesting that he would do that. And it sounds like she wasn't prepared to receive the box with the heart. Like, you'd think that this would have been a thought through plan with loved ones. Just like I say, go ahead and cremate me, Lisa. You yeah, say but... the same thing. I'm, you're fine. Cremate me. Don't send my heart in a box. So <laughs> you'd think this is something they would have discussed. I mean, she was living in Europe. It's not like they had like a a telephone that they could just pick up and be like, hey, you know, I'm on my deathbed. Do you mind if I send my heart over to you? Like maybe it was one of those last minute decisions. Like he knew he was very ill or something. In fact, I don't even know how he died. It wasn't anything that, you know, crazy. It was kind of a standard. You said this was the 1600s that this occurred? Yes, the late 1600s, 1698. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, communication would have been difficult. It's interesting, though, that his girlfriend was all the way over in Europe. You know, how are they? That's, gosh, think about the 1600s. Imagine having a long-distance relationship back then. No. no. I mean, how's that going to work? It's just not. Let's be real, folks. Yeah, that would be a struggle. I mean, a long-distance relationship is a struggle today, let alone when your only form of communication is letters oh my gosh right or telegram or who knows what they did back then we could google it i'm sure but so that that is the interesting story about louis de bade de frontenac and i hope i'm not butchering that apologies to all of our quebec and french listeners french is just one of those languages that i really struggle pronouncing words for so apologies ahead of time whenever there's an episode that has any french language in it like just be prepared to cringe if you know french so that's our interesting story there but the hotel itself was built a couple hundred years later in 1892 so again prime ghost years the late 1800s And they put a lot of money into it. It was actually built by the Canadian Pacific Railway Company in order to attract really rich tourist people to come, you know, on their railroad. And then they can stop at this beautiful chateau-looking hotel. Awesome. That sounds cool. It's funny that you say the prime ghost years. We keep saying it like episode after episode, but for any of our listeners that are new or that haven't been listening, you know, haven't heard us talk about these prime ghost years, it's kind of a joke that we have, folks. We think anything in the 1800s or beyond, that's prime haunting territory right there. Especially for North America. When we get into European countries, they can definitely be much older. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this was not just your average hotel. So think about it. Late 1800s, every single room here had central heating, electricity, and fireplaces in each one. So it was pretty extravagant, and it hosted lots of celebrities, politicians. Some of the people that have been there were Charles Lindbergh, Grace Kelly, who was the Princess of Monaco at the time, Queen Elizabeth II, There was also a really famous conference that happened here during World War II between Winston 
Winston Churchill, Franklin Roosevelt, and the Canadian Prime Minister William King at the time. And these were secret meetings held, you know, to strategically think about how they wanted to handle uh, the World War II situation. And another interesting one, I know you enjoy Alfred Hitchcock films. He was inspired enough by the hotel that he actually filmed portions of a movie there called I Confess. That is one that I had not actually seen. I've seen a lot of his classics, but not that one. Over the years, this place has been upkept well. So unfortunately for the haunting situation, Lindsay, it was never turned into a hospital as far as I'm aware or an insane asylum. It has been a hotel since the late 1800s until today where it still is beautiful. It's gone under a number of renovations over the years they actually built kind of this central tower that is now like 20 stories high they needed more rooms and so it's a huge place and they actually have 610 rooms wow that's a lot so this must be a huge location like i didn't realize i wasn't visualizing it as like a really large hotel It's huge, and it sits kind of atop a hill overlooking the St. Lawrence River, so it's like very prominent, and it's considered one of the most prestigious historic hotels in all of Quebec City, even today, but it is really pretty. We'll we'll talk about what you can expect when you go here, but I would almost equate it a little bit, Lindsay, to like the Biltmore Hotel just outside of Miami that we've stayed at. It's similar to that but I think maybe even like a step up. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. Lindsay, in doing my research for what is going on haunted-wise, there is two main ghosts that I'm going to talk about here. But it's so funny because the first thing that popped up was a TripAdvisor review that I saw with the title, Fairmont Chateau Frontenac Haunted? And here's what it says. It says, I am just wondering if anyone has seen a ghost in this hotel. 
I'm staying in the Roosevelt suite and it has a presence. I'm sure of it. I've never even believed in ghosts until today as I'm sure I saw a man pass by our living room area. Let me know if anyone else has had anything similar. Ooh, this is promising. I like it. Yes. Yeah, so the TripAdvisor reviews were kind of all over the place. There was a lot of comments in response to that person's like, oh, yes, like I've experienced something similar or somebody saying like, I think you were dreaming people that don't believe in ghosts. But there was a lot of responses saying, yes, they did experience something similar where they saw like a man pass by them, which doesn't happen all the time when you're looking for a review on these places. No, I mean, that's specific. It sounds like full bodied apparition potential. Yes. So I did watch an interview with one of the hotel employees that has been a long time employee there and experienced different things. And what you'll hear most of the time, if you're just looking on the internet, is that the second floor is the most haunted floor of the hotel. However, this employee had a different take on it. He said the 17th and 18th floors are particularly haunted. However, the 6th floor is the most haunted floor in this hotel. And he didn't seem to think the 2nd floor was particularly haunted, at least from what he had personally experienced, which I thought was really interesting because everywhere you look online, it talks about the 2nd floor is so haunted. Mm -hmm. The second floor is where you're going to feel those presences. Interesting. Does he say anything about what he feels on a sixth floor or he just talks about, you know, he's had more experiences just in general? Just that there was a lot of experience. So one time he said that he was in a rush walking the halls super late at night, like 3 a.m. There's nobody else in the hallways of the sixth floor. And he said he thinks like they're friendly ghosts because whatever the presence was he thinks realized he was in a rush and he walks by the elevator and the elevator doors just magically open for him like it was waiting for him to enter and get where he needed to go a helpful ghost you gotta love it okay i like that yeah i thought that was kind of a cool story he also said on the 18th floor there is room 1803 And it will be completely empty, but people will hear voices coming out of that room. Mm, Interesting. Now, of course, Louis de Bade de Frontenac, (laughs) he is haunting this place. Him and his heart. I wonder where that heart is. I'm really curious. It reminds me of, isn't that like an Edgar Allan Poe on the Telltale Heart? Yes. Anyway, so he is like pacing the halls of this place and it's said that he's specifically seen on the second floor. He's not necessarily in any specific room, but he's just kind of pacing the halls. They speculate that maybe he is looking for his long lost love and is, you know, kind of restless because his heart like literally got shipped back. Like she returned the merchandise. (laughs) I don't know. I think that, I mean, maybe, right? It's a good theory to have that this is what he's doing. I just think, I don't know. Like, we we like to think that ghosts have unfinished business or something, right? And so that's what it sounds like the story is around this guy. And I'm not even going to try to say his name. I can't even remember it, even though I just heard you say it 
10 seconds ago. Oh, right. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of get the feeling if it is him, if it's really him, it's got to be maybe an intelligent haunting. Cause he, I mean, he didn't even live in the hotel. Maybe he just, he's on the land and he's exploring the new, the new building there and he likes it. Maybe. And he's also seen in the ballroom on the second floor a lot. So that's the other place that you really want to look for this person in particular. And maybe uh, his, yeah, he's, I was. He's say, seen throughout, but mainly they say the second floor. Maybe his home reached that level, though, too. Like if it is residual, it could be because it is only the second floor. It sounds like they're seeing him primarily. Maybe his house went up that high and this is a residual tape right. recording. This was like the the governor general of New France for like 10 years. So his house was probably like an estate, I'm going to imagine. Like mm-hmm. it probably wasn't like a one floor, you know, thing, like a ranch like we're used to today. You know what I mean? It's probably like, a, and he's like French. I mean, they build castles and stuff in France. Like, I don't know what his house looked like, but it probably went as high up as the second floor. So right. It could be residual to some degree. Maybe. Too. I just think also if, if depending on how they see the apparition, I might be taking it too deep here. Okay. But is he walking on the ground? Is he walking through the halls? What's he doing? Because if it is residual and we think it's because his house maybe reached that level of where the second floor is today, you know, what are the odds that he actually had a floor that actually connected at the same height? My guess is the first floor in this nice grand hotel is really high up. And even if he did have a floor in his home that reached as high as the second floor for him to be walking around, the odds of it being equal to what it stands there today, where he's not like walking through half, you can only see like half his body or something. Very unlikely. What are the odds? Pretty low. Yeah. I, I feel like you're overanalyzing that I one am. a little bit. I am, but, but you know, that's what we're here to do. <laughs> we're doing a <laughs> podcast about hauntings. <laughs> But anyways, he's pacing around up there. I, I don't know if he's floating off the ground or, or what. I'd be curious if anybody stayed here and has heard stories about it. Please let us know. The other thing, the last go, so we have Louis Debaud, de Frontenac, and then we have another person. And we have no idea who this person is. But of course, it is the infamous woman in white that we hear about in so many different places. We have no idea who she is, why she's haunting this place, but her haunt is kind of interesting. A lot of these women in white ghosts are just kind of floating around, you know, minding their own business. This particular one, they say, appears very sad, so she must be giving off some sad facial expression vibes. She's in an old-style white nightgown, And Lindsay, she's a creeper ghost. She will Mm. stare at you while you are trying to sleep. So people will wake up in the middle of the night with this sad looking woman in an old nightgown staring at them. And lastly, Lindsay, not only will she creep you out by doing that, she may even like physically crawl into bed with you. Ugh, very creepy. Yeah. That is pretty ominous. I mean, it sounds like she's more than likely friendly and still there because of, you know, who knows? Sounds like maybe she had some tragedy. Maybe that's why she's still there. But we just don't know. I'm curious what the story is. Does this happen all over the hotel or in a certain room? Anywhere. 
That's the other thing that's scary about this, Lindsay. She doesn't haunt a specific room. She is free roaming all of the rooms of this place. So no matter what room you stay in, <laughs> this lady might show up. So, Lindsay, this place is fancy. It is right up our alley. It would be like such a fun weekend getaway. I mean, it's on the high cost end, but it is like pretty fabulous. If you are in Quebec City, Canada for any reason and you can afford it, I feel like this is the place to be. I mean, it is cool. It sounds like a really nice place to stay at least one night if you can if you can make it happen. Yeah, it's also, I mean, it is on the high end. I'll tell you what the prices are here in a minute, but it, it's not astronomical either. Like, you don't have to be Oprah to stay at this place, and it's nice. And on top of the rooms that are very nice, they have some really nice dining experiences here. So there is one place in particular that is very fancy. It is called Champlain Restaurant. Just looking at the menu, one of the appetizers is caviar. There is no price on that. There is like a five-course tasting menu for a hundred some bucks. Like, I mean, it looks very nice and I'm sure it is delicious, but it's going to be pricey. So a hundred some dollars for a five-course tasting menu at what is likely a really high-end French-styled restaurant. Honestly, this is going to sound crazy to some of our listeners. What I'm about to say, that sounds doable. It sounds like something to maybe splurge on. Hey, if you're there, I think it might be worth it because this is a pretty acclaimed restaurant. What you should splurge on, though, Lindsay, what I think instead of the dinner, you know, depending on what you're in the mood for, they also have a five-course brunch menu. And that is like, their menu is basically like, here's your five course meal it costs 65 dollars a person oh and there's a bunch of stuff on that menu that like i can't even pronounce but like it goes all the way from like teas and coffees to dessert that sounds fantastic you know i love a good brunch with some mimosas even mimosas minus the orange juice all sounds fantastic i save yourself a little bit of money and go to the brunch instead of the dinner Yes, it's a little cheaper and it's still a five course meal and it looks really, really good. Okay, like it looks nice. And the other thing that they have, this is not at the same restaurant, but it's in the hotel. Every Saturday they have what's called afternoon tea. You have to get a reservation for this. This is not something that you can just like show up and expect to be seated for this. It is also one of those kind of standard menus. You can add on things like champagne or or wine if you want to pay some extra money for that. But basically, it is like a whole extravaganza of tea selections, sandwiches. I think it starts out with like fruit and then croissants and then just all kinds of stuff, okay? And that is $55 a person. It sounds a little pricey for some sandwiches and some tea. It is much more than sandwiches and tea. It is Okay. It is a lot more than that. Like it looks like a tremendous amount of food to be honest with you. Like oh, it okay. starts out with fruit, moves into croissants, 
teeth. And I'm not doing the the description of this justice. There's okay. going to be a lot of food here for $55. Got it. I, I was picturing something like really extravagant and nice because I've seen, not when you were describing it though, I was thinking fruit, sandwiches, croissant. I'm like, okay, come on, bring it on, bring more. But I, How I they describe like- it is like there's like a tower of stuff coming out yes. for each little course. Like, okay, we're on the sandwich course now. Next is like a tower of different baked desserts and you know there's all kinds of stuff that's what i visualized or like the tiered platters coming out okay that sounds really cool i've i've never done one of those i've always wanted to they have the tiered platters so it's exactly what you visualize Lindsay. it's just more tea-like meal things but a lot of food and then the other restaurant that they have they have several restaurants on site the other one i'm going to talk about um, is a little bit more casual. It's still not like cheap, but it's way more affordable than that Champlain place that's very expensive. They have, you know, more basic types of things that you get lunch or dinner at called Sam's Bistro. The reason I bring this up is because they have some really good looking charcuterie options. So if you just want to have like a glass of wine and some cheese and meat, this is a place and this place is actually known for like all of their different cheese selections that they Ooh. keep in stock there at this hotel so for our listeners that are tuning in today I, I gotta tell you this is a fancy location it sounds like to me because we're talking about charcuterie we're talking about five course dinners we're talking about tea meal but you know folks we're really not that pretentious I swear this would be a splurge for us too but we love talking about it and thinking about eventually one day maybe going and enjoying this. I like to daydream about stuff like this. I mean, it is quite fun. I mean, this if I'm ever in Quebec City, like I'm going to do this at least one night. And I'd like to go do that brunch and I'd like to do that afternoon tea. And the rooms here, like I said, they vary in price. So there's different view options that you get, like a courtyard view, a city view, a view of the river, and different sizes of rooms. There's a lot of suites and stuff like that, that some of them are like Oprah prices if you want to okay. stay in certain suites. I'm not going to get into all the price details on that, but kind of your basic room, I would say, starts at around $379 Canadian dollars and goes up to about 400 Canadian dollars. This is, again, going to vary depending on what time of year time of the week all of that but I did a conversion because I was curious like how much would a 400 Canadian dollar room cost in American dollars $400 today translates to 313 US dollars so it's pricey I mean Mm -hmm. it would be a, a pretty major splurge I wouldn't be too happy spending that amount of money staying at a place but it it may be worth it if you're going on like a romantic weekend or you know something that maybe you can split amongst you know a friend or something Mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking right like romantic weekend of course this sounds doable for something like that where you might splurge a little bit but it is pricey absolutely this is more than what I would typically want to spend at a hotel I can I can tell you that much but you know if it's a fun trip like a little getaway with a group of people you might be able to fit multiple people in a room and split that cost and and bring it down that's that's how Lisa and I typically do some of these places is we manage to split the cost and it makes it a lot more reasonable at some of these really nice fancy places 
Yep. And then you get to experience like the fancy stuff. And it, I mean, this place, this place looks awesome. I got to say, thank you so much, Megan, for the recommendation. It was a good pick. And yeah, I definitely want to go. I do too. This place sounds, you know, you had me at charcuterie and brunch right there. Boom. You know, I, I am a sucker for those things. I like, I like that stuff. Although the one thing is it's cold up there. So we'd have to go up there in the summertime, you know, to make sure that it's, you know, not a fan of the cold weather. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to rate us five stars. It helps us engage more listeners and spread the word about your haunted holiday. Tell your friends and family about us. If you've got friends that are into history, some of the creepier things in life, let them know about our show and have them check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.